Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. We are back. This is Bike Life, and today I'm really excited to have two amazing guests with us who actually began their touring together with a six-month-old being pulled behind them to where they have now created a life around tandem touring. They like to say that they bought their first tandem to make their family strong and bought their second tandem to keep their marriage strong. And it's an amazing story. And I know that you're going to love hearing from them as much as I do. So help me welcome Peter and Tracy to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> you have such a fascinating history and life that you have unfolded, and it always includes bike touring, and you've done it together as a family. So tell us a little bit about how that got started when you were you know, still exploring what was possible with bike touring. Well, I think when we were kind of a young, uh, young married couple, we were living in Minnesota in the Twin Cities area. And I was a park ranger. Tracy was a parks and rec um, professional. And so we were already sort of into doing things in the outdoors. And the American Lung Association was doing a, a fundraiser ride. And we had just started biking with our six-month-old daughter in a trailer. And we're kind of like, you know, what the heck, let's let's give this thing a shot. Um, didn't know it was going to be raining when we started. We didn't know quite how steep the Mississippi bluffs were and what that was like pulling a bike trailer on a road bike in my case. <laughs> and every little challenge, I think, just made it that much more fun for us um, to know that we were okay and that we were all dependent on each other as a, as a family. So we kind of grew as tourists and grew as a family at the same time. Yeah, I always tell Peter, I think when the organizer saw us coming because we were a little bit late. We couldn't find it. We pull in. He's pulling a trailer on a road bike. We have a six-month-old. We're carrying cloth diapers. They probably looked at each other and said, these two or these three are never going to make this trip. <laughs> and and we did. And it was our first. And the next year we did it again. And it just was, it was just a really good start to a very short tour. What a commitment to a way of life for your baby, too, at the time to take it. You said it was your daughter to take her on that that journey together. How amazing. Uh, when it started to when it started to rain, she was literally the only thing that we had that was not completely soaked. <laughs> and she wanted yeah. to get out of the trailer. We're not. It's like, not now, sweetie, you need to stay in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, we were, Tracy said we had cloth diapers with us. I don't know what we were thinking about. You know, it's the environmental part mm -hmm. of it. And we were also warming up baby bottles in microwaves at gas stations. So, you know, that whole kind of lifestyle, um, it, I think it just clicked. They're basic things that you need, right? And that your child needs. And everything after that, um, sometimes can just get in the way of, mm -hmm. of kind of enjoying life and having a good time. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? How, when we release our, like our, all the extras that we attend to accumulate, right. In homes and in space, when we release that and we tour on bikes, I mean, the necessities of what you actually need becomes really small. 
Yeah, I, I, I think there's nothing that I enjoy more than having all of my worldly possessions in four bags that equal about 55 pounds. Everything I need is there, which means when things get kind of weird in the world and tough, I know I'm fine. I know we're fine as a family. Um, probably don't even need all of that 55 pounds worth of gear. Probably not. <laughs> some of it's still some of it's still nice to have and not need to have. Yeah, I love that. And it applies in every area of life. Right. Business, travel, family, relationships like clearing clutter and narrowing down is is a really powerful process. So tell us where you went from there. So after that trip, <laughs> what what transpired? You know, after that trip, um, we decided we liked biking as a family and we had our second child and decided to get a tandem for our oldest child so that we could put a kitty crank on and she could ride on the back of the tandem with either one of us up front captaining and then pull a trailer behind with our youngest child in. So we did that. We bought that trailer and, or that bike in the late nineties, early nineties, early nineties. Um, so many years we use that. Then I decided I want to ride hundred miles and wanted to do it on a tandem with Peter. So I did my first hundred mile, um, ride, on our first tandem. And we found that we really enjoyed riding on it together and we were successful and had a really good time on it. So then Peter said, we should get a tandem that really fits us and fits us well and get a touring tandem. So in 2000, we bought our touring tandem called Violet and we started doing you know shorter tours and just kept adding on to the tours. Um, after touring a couple of three week tours, maybe three or four of them, we looked at each other and thought, hmm, we probably could put a bunch of these together and bicycle across the country. So that's how we ended up going, doing our first or working on our first cross country trip. I think for a lot of bicyclists and a lot of tourists, they sort of hit that point, right? First, it's like, can I ride down to the end of the block? And then you survive that. And then you go a few more blocks, then you go a few miles and then you start going hours. And then it's like, I really like this. I want to keep going. And in our case, it was just the longer we went, the more comfortable we went. We finally got to that point where we were basically riding across the country, you know, doing a three week section of riding across the country when we do those longer trips. And so it wasn't that hard that, you know, you just hit repeat every three weeks and and keep going until you get there. Mm, breaking it down into chunks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes very, very small chunks as uh, bicycle tourists will know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so when you were, when did you join warm showers? I think it was 2014, correct? Right. And so did you start staying with hosts along the way after you joined warm showers? Cause that of course changes the entire journey. <laughs> yeah. So what kicked the whole warm showers thing into gear for us? I, I knew professionally just being in the bike advocacy world, the bike safety world, that warm showers was out there. thought the concept was kind of cool, but it hadn't ever really been anything that we'd done. And then in 2014, when we planned our first cross-country trip where we went from uh, Bellingham, Washington to Bar Harbor, Maine, you know, we're thinking, well, we've got the tent and we can stay in hotels, but boy, it would sure be nice to have another option. And they're completely naive. We didn't realize the amount of support that we would get, you know, along the way from the hosts. Um, So we signed up in 2014, but we literally made it all the way to Bismarck, North Dakota, before we finally were just so wet, so tired, so beat up. We're like, there's gotta be something else we can try. 
And we ended up with um, Ron and Joyce, who literally didn't let us in the front door until we they had taken our picture and they had had us sign their logbook. And <laughs> they've done thousands, hundreds of, of tourists over the years. They're former tourists themselves. They just had it wired. I mean, if you were going to pick the best possible place to be on your first stay, um, they just they just had it down. It was like staying at my grandparents' house. It it could not mm. have been more comfortable and more uh, recharging. You know, mm. when we found out about warm showers and signed up, I told Peter, I don't know how comfortable I would feel staying in someone's house. I don't even know. So, but we'll sign up. May never use it, but at least we have it. And like Peter said, Ron and Joyce were so gracious. They were so kind. I mean, we ended up having to stay an extra night with them because the weather was so horrendous. And, you know, we're kind of standing and Peter standing in the kitchen in the morning, kind of going, well, what are we going to do? And Ron walks in and he kind of chuckles and he said, just so you know, we've had warm showers, guest stay four or five days. You are welcome to stay. We have stuff mm-hmm. to do today. We're going to take off. We're like, cool. They leave. We look on the counter. There's a note with the car keys saying, please use our car. You probably need to go out and get pick up some stuff for the rest of your trip. Who does that? You know, and that from that point on, warm showers has been great and we enjoy hosting. We've been hosted by some great people. So it just is, it's just a really nice way to have a little break and have people that really know what to do to help you get back on your way again. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It is it is a unique community that we are all a part of here that we are fostering these connections. And we have, you know, we have set our sights on, you know, a million exchanges between hosts and cyclists, because we know that the power of community cannot replace, right, the need for a tent or a hotel, but the power of community with another individual um, that understands and knows, you know, who you are and, and what your experience is, even if it's different, there is a, a life changing experience that happens every time that we go out on the road. So I really appreciate that you're sharing that, that you've joined our community. I think what's amazing to me, too, is it doesn't seem to matter with hosts how much they have or how little they have. Um, Their joy comes from our joy. And my dad used to call it singing for your supper. All they want in exchange is just to know how we're doing and to tell them about our trip. In many cases, because they really want to be out there, you know, and and doing it themselves. So um, once you kind of get over the fact that there's supposed to be this balance of give and take and that it's okay to just receive. And as long as you're, you know, polite and, you know, honest, um, that's all that. And you tell your stories. That's all they need. Yeah. I had a guest a couple of weeks ago on the show say that they are a little more outwardly outspoken about they expect nothing from you except for talking. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just they can't tour anymore. And they're like, if you want to stay with us, you just have to be able to hold, like, hold a conversation. We just want to hear your voice. We want to hear your experience. We want to live this with you. And I thought that that was a really interesting way of describing it because that is part of the give and take. It's just the presence in the moment and, and sharing, which is really really, really quite phenomenal, Peter, that you said it's an opportunity for cyclists to just receive. You know, I would say we've probably made a dozen lifelong friends over the years through warm showers. 
And that that's pretty remarkable, but it's even remarkable, more remarkable when you think that we probably were with these people anywhere from 12 to 24 hours on the average. Um, there's already this filter that we've all gone through, which is the warm showers community. And that just opens up all kinds of doors. We don't have to worry too much about um, whether what we say is you know, appropriate or how it's going to be perceived. It's sort of like nobody's worried about you stealing their big screen TV when you showed up on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. Soaking wet and tired and hungry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we didn't look like much of a threat most of the no. time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what it's been like to ride on a tandem together. I'm sure that there must be challenges in the amount of time you've spent together tackling challenges and experiencing joy at the same time. Tell us a little bit about what that's been like between you two as a couple. You know, um, tandem riding has its challenges. Um, when you're in sync, it's unbelievable. I mean, sometimes we'll be riding and we'll literally forget our, we're spinning our feet and that we're riding. It's just like, you're just floating along and, you know, everything is going good. You're just cruising. Um, and you know, in other times when it's a little more difficult, um, you can't get away from each other. I mean, I'm six inches from his backside and when we're struggling, um, you can't just take off on your bike and go away a little bit, or one of you stops and the other one goes ahead a little bit. You're together throughout. So, um, you know, we've had our challenges on our ride, but we've also had so many joys and met so many people and had some great experiences that it really outweighs some of the challenges that we, that you have, that you experience as a tandem rider. Um, when we're riding, I'm the navigator. So I'm, directing us where to go, where to turn. And I'm not the greatest navigator. I have improved, I must say, 100% because now we've done four cross-country trips, three and a half. Um, so I'm much better at it, but it is difficult for me. And he's more the navigator. And he's like, when I'm saying, okay, turn right, and he's in his head thinking, why are we going right? We should be going left. So that's always kind of a challenge. And then when you add the fatigue and you add the lack of food and all of that into it, it sometimes makes it even that much more difficult for you guys to communicate and communicate well and get to where you're going. I think one of the ways that I describe it to people is a lot like ballroom dancing. So if you have a really good partner, it's amazing. You can counterbalance, you can spin. It's like you, you act as one. If you've got a lousy partner, you would do anything to find a different partner. <laughs> um, so it, it really is a, a lot like that. We yeah. can do things on the tandem, though, that other people can't. Going into a headwind is a huge advantage because we have the wind resistance of one person. I'm blocking the wind, and Tracy's just nothing but raw power. So anybody that's handled a big headwind, eventually you fatigue and you let up on the pedals a little bit and it feels like you're going backwards. That's not as big of an issue for us. Mm -hmm. um, very common for us to be bombing down a hill at 45 miles an hour. That bike just flies. Mm -hmm. That's the good news. The bad news is it goes uphill like a brick. It is heavy mm -hmm. and it is slow. And we both just have learned how to help maximize each other's power, each other's focus. Um, you know, think of rowing, anything where you have to really depend on on your partner. And that just makes us stronger and stronger all the time. It's, uh, it's, it's joint success or joint failure. Since failure is not an option and pushing a tandem stinks, <laughs> you'll, uh, you would figure out how to do it. Yeah. Mm. 
I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment. And you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. I did neglect to mention on this podcast that I am in currently in Hawaii and there is a lot of background noise. So you might be hearing the roosters. And I know Peter is very jealous every time he hears the roosters roost. He's like, darn it. <laughs> Years ago, Tracy, and I had the opportunity to bike to the big island. So uh, I can I can feel it. And I, I heard the rooster in the background and I just started chuckling. I'm like, that's a Hawaii rooster. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. They like to, uh, they especially when I'm when I'm talking because I'm in such a secluded place. They all come near the cottage because they're like, "Oh, there's a human. <laughs> Let's go interact with the human." So for those that are listening, you're going to hear some background noise on the show for a little while while I'm here. Um, I really, I really like how you shared that. Right, it's, you know, failure is not an option. Success is is the only way, and that you would be that you've learned to be so much in sync along the path. So tell me a little bit about what led you to write a book, because you've written a book about tandem riding. When we did our first trip, so our first trip was in 2014, we started in Bellingham, Washington, and biked 72 days, 4,300 miles to Bar Harbor, Maine. And along our journey, we um, started blogging. So we had a blog, and we just did it for our friends and family, so we wouldn't have to reach out to everybody independently. Um, by the end of the trip, we had about 6,000 or middle of the trip, we had about 6,000 people following us on our blog. It was like people would hear about it or we'd stop at a town and we'd talk to people and all of a sudden they jump on board too. Um, so we get, when we got back, everyone kept saying, you should write a book. You should write a book. I followed your blog the whole way. It was the greatest. I totally enjoyed it. I lived and died with you guys on every day that you, you had and the days you were struggling, I was struggling too. So that was in 14. Finally, in 17, we decided, okay, we really should probably write a book. We had all of the information from our blog. Peter was Facebooking also, so we had all the documents from or all his Facebook posts. So we had a lot of good documentation from our trip. Um, and all we needed to do was find an editor and a publisher. And a friend of ours sat down with us and helped us find an editor and a publisher. So we started writing the book in 17. Um, it took us about a year to write it. Um, and then it was it was published at the end of 17, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was published and it's, you know, we've had a lot of sales. A lot of people have read it. A lot of people have bought it and they really enjoy it. They all say, it's like I'm on the bike with you guys. Yeah. So it definitely brings people along. 
on our trip. Yeah. I think the other thing that was interesting is when you post on Facebook, we all whitewash it, right? Every, every, every minute mm-hmm. was, you know, beautiful vistas and happy, smiling faces. And while we were writing the book, that's how we started out writing the book. And our, and our publisher's like, are you kidding me? You're on a tandem. It's been raining for two weeks, right? <laughs> the bike just broke. You were not always smiles and sunshine. And he really encouraged us to, to, to get the raw stuff in the book. And I think that's probably the, the, the best compliment that we've gotten from people is saying, thank you so much for not whitewashing it. And, you know, letting us know what your struggles were. As a matter of fact, we were on the phone with a, another couple yesterday who'd read the book. They're starting to do long, um, long distance touring. And those were the questions that they asked us about, you know, what's it feel like on day 25, you know, not day two or three, you know, what's it like when you're not finding the food that you normally eat? You know, how do you, how do you support each other but yet still go to your place that you need to go to, to be able to power through it sometimes. Um, so that, that was good. I mean, it's kind of a spoiler alert. We finished the, the ride. Everybody <laughs> knows that. So when you get to New York and we're sleeping in different parts of the, of the place that we're staying, cause we can't stand the sight of each other. It does work out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're here telling the story. Exactly. So it does work out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we will, uh, where is the book available? So it's available on Amazon. It's um, it's in uh, uh, Kindle and in hard copy. Uh, so people can get it through Amazon. They can get it through our website. Also, um, more and more local bookshops, especially independent shops, are picking it up, bookstores. So yeah. it's out there. Just Google it. And the name of the book is? Coast to Coast on a Tandem. Coast to Coast on a Tandem. We will put the link to Amazon and a link to your website and your social media, all the places. Um, so expect people to be tracking you down to ask more questions that when the show great. comes out. That's, yeah. one, that's one, been one of the best parts about it. We both have parks and rec backgrounds and we learned early on that planning a trip is enjoyable doing a trip is enjoyable, but remembering the trip is enjoyable. And mm. what the book does is it just brings it back to us all the time. And then we oh, get yeah. to be part of other people's journeys as well. So it's a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So tell website. us about your kids. Oh yeah. Sorry. The website, go ahead. I was going to say on the website, you can also get to our blog and we did two oh, other yeah. cross country trips after our first one and all the blog posts are out there. So you could you know, if you're interested oh, yeah. in the Route 66 trip we did, you could look at all of those or Mississippi, Mississippi River. River. You can yep. look at those. Sierra so, Cascade. Yeah. So they're all in there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure people can access that. Um, so kids. tell me about your kids. Are they still, are they riding? So they, <laughs> they are older now. And I believe one of them has gotten married. Yes. Our oldest one, Melissa is 31. She got married in 2017. Yep. And that's why we kind of stayed home that year. We, that's the first year we hadn't done a cross country trip. Um, she is a school psychologist for one of the local schools and she rides. She's more of a runner. She's a marathoner and just loves to run. Um, was at the University of Minnesota on the track team, um, competed for them. Um, but she does like to road ride. She road rides with us or does city riding. 
Um, I got to do her first hundred miler with her on the tandem, just like her mom. I got to do her first hundred miler with her road riding. I ran her first first marathon we did together. So yeah, when she likes to hang out with dad, dad's a very happy guy. (laughs) Okay. Did you, did you run alongside her? Did you ride alongside her when she was running? Uh, Yeah, no, I've done four marathons. I think she's probably up to a dozen probably now. Uh, A couple of, a couple of years ago, I suddenly realized that somebody was pacing me and I wasn't pacing her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we got to take advantage of it when our grown children want time with, with mom or dad. It's like, yep, we we take it, whatever, even if it's running, riding, whatever. Exactly. Yep. Our youngest, Alex is, what is she now? 26. And she's our world traveler. She spent a year in Madagascar. She's a uh, scuba diving instructor. Um, wow. Put down roots in Corpus Christi, Texas. She's working on her master's degree in public administration, just like her mother. Um, runs mm. a thrift store. Um, yeah, I mean, she's a she's a child of the world, and we're extremely proud of that. We were standing on top of a mountain during our first cross country <laughs> trip. The phone rang, so I was surprised that we had cell service. It was our youngest daughter, Alex, in Fiji. She was there learning how to scuba dive, not just by herself. She was learning how to scuba dive with the sharks for a shark preservation program. And she says, hey, I'm thinking about staying for an extra week. What do you think? Mom and dad said, hey, grandma's expecting you. You should get your butt home. She said, I'll think about it. And we didn't see her for another week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little hard in our family to say no to your kids when they want to do adventurous stuff. So we don't. Nobody's told me. So, yeah. yeah. Because and also because you've raised them setting the standard that being able to roam and wander and experience the world in different ways is it really transforms how we see the world, right? Yeah. I, I I have lots of members of my own family and community that have never that have never traveled. And I, I try to explain how much your your perspective of who you are and where you fit amongst the world changes, especially when you're meeting local communities along the way on a bike tour. Like you're you are immersing yourself into something that is really unknown to a lot of people. So you've raised your children to be open to that, and that is beautiful. So you've brought more humans into the world that are exploring. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I feel pretty good about those two humans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being willing to not only, you know, come on the Bike Life podcast and talk about your experience, but for spreading the word through your book, through your blog, through your own experiences to allow others the opportunity to see what's possible because you're sharing what's possible, especially as you ride together as a couple that is that is unique and it's it's really special. And thank you for being a part of Warm Showers. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we learned a long time ago, we were trying to figure out why we did our business. We bike ETC and specialized in bicycling and what made us different. And somebody pointed out to us one day that what makes us different is that we look at the world through bicyclist and pedestrian eyes and nobody gets left behind when you do that. Um, so it's a, it's a unique perspective that the Warm Showers community clearly understands. Uh, so for us to support that the way that they've supported us is 
of course we'd be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And and this is an open invitation that if you ever want to come back and talk different topics, I have this desire to start streaming these interviews within our Facebook group, which I'm sure you're a part of, which is very large. But I feel like it would be a really great way for us to start putting faces in 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 front of the recording. So when that happens, I am going I keep talking about it on the show. So I'm like holding myself and my organization, this organization accountable that we are going to make that technology happen. Um, open invitation to come back so people can see your faces and we can talk more about your book and about tandem writing. Well, we would absolutely love that. We're actually this spring going to do a little bit of, uh, of biking on the Oregon trail. I had family that in 1862 came across the country. I'll be in Kansas and Topeka for their um, highway safety summit. And we're going to park the car and do a little bit of uh, Nebraska, a little bit of Wyoming, a little bit of Colorado, and a little bit of Kansas right after that. The only glitch is we're going to do it the first part of April. So we'll have to bring some warm clothes and hope it doesn't snow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Especially when you're in Colorado, although in April in Colorado, it can be super warm too. You You might get both. Well, why don't we connect prior to that and we'll see if we can arrange to do an interview while you're on the road. If you just bring your headsets and your computer, we'll figure out the audio. Perfect. Sounds good. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, we really appreciate you supporting the show. And of course, a rating and review is always helpful. But the best way that you can help support the show is to share it with someone who you feel would enjoy listening to it and join us along this amazing journey at Warm Showers. Thank you. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.